Hi, you've tuned in to the Lovely Travels podcast where we talk about all things travel and adventure. My name is Emma Lovell, also known as Lovely, and I have a mission to visit every UN-recognised country in the world while raising awareness for mental health. Join me as we revisit some of my past adventures, speak to fellow travellers and interesting locals, all while following the journey to 195 countries. I'll be joined soon by my co-pilot, Darius, in Germany. And sometimes we're even going to hit the road together. Make sure to join in the adventure by following me on Instagram, Lovely Travels. You can also join our Facebook group, Lovely Travels Community, and learn more about us at the website, lovelytravels.com. But for now, it's listening time. Travel vicariously along with us. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the loveliest travel podcast you ever did hear. It is the Lovely Travel Podcast and with me here today is the loveliest podcaster of them all, Emma. That was very, uh, quite a lovely intro, Darius. You're welcome. (laughs) Yes, so. Tell me, what, what, hey, what? You go. What are we talking about today, Emma? (laughs) We're talking about when I went on the writer's retreat to Mission Beach in Queensland, hosted by the wonderful Kirsten Pilts from Write Your Journey. Yes. That yeah. sounds like she is from the, the, the Faserland. Yeah, she's from Deutschland. Guten Tag, Kerstin. Herzlich willkommen. Yeah, she's actually left a little message for you in the episode, Darius. So uh, oh, I look I forward love to the messages. finding that. Uh, yeah, and I was uh, sprechen the Deutsch with uh, Kirsten, and she was quite impressed and surprised by uh, my little little bits of Deutsch, and uh, I was quite <laughs> proud of myself. How did you go about getting some pork knuckle and a glühwein at the at the writers' retreat? I didn't. Did we actually have anything German? I don't think so. We had like every other cuisine under the sun. Oh, she actually, we had, we went to a place and they had German beers and the guy poured it and he put, he didn't have put any head on the beer. And she told, yeah, she was like, this isn't how you pour the beer. And he's like, no, I poured it right. And she's like, "Mm, I'm German and this is German beer. And no, she's like. (laughs) There's one thing the Germans like more than beer. It's rules and regulations <laughs> about beer. So it was like, you know, and he's trying to argue. We're like, we're like, oh, no, don't. No, this, she knows what she's talking about. It's like maybe next time just bring me the beer and I'll do it. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, no shout out to wherever, whatever diet you guys <laughs> went to drink a beer. But how was the, how was the retreat? It was Wonderful. It was exactly what I needed right at that moment. Uh, I highly recommend them. I heard about it on, and this, uh, my lovely Amanda Kendall, she gets a lot of plugs on this show. She's Mm. also a podcaster on the Thoughtful Travel Podcast, and I heard about writer retreats on there. And uh, I was like, that's a nice idea. And then in her group, Kirsten Post and said, I'm hosting one. And and it was um, very soon, and I went along and... It was just wonderful. So um, it really re- reignited my flame for writing. Um, right. Just, yeah, such a – so she runs um, 
a website called Write Your Journey and you can find her on Instagram and Facebook as Write Your Journey. And it's really talking about the fact that writing can help you through processes and that you don't have to be a writer per se to use writing as a healing technique. Hmm. That's an interesting, uh, um, I want to say USP, but it's an interesting way to approach the subject. Um, yeah, she just um, actually did a TED talk on it. So um, at the TED Townsville, TEDx Townsville. So we'll include the link in the show notes to that as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, I can, I for one cannot wait to get to the little section that was recorded for me inside the episode. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and um, so, uh, what do you think? Should we? Should we? Should we listen? We should listen and say something else in German what? before you finish. It's fine. Um, <laughs> um, Handy runter, one auf. Um, los geht der Podcast. Podcast lauf. Sounds good to me. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the podcast, Kirsten. Hello, Emma. Lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So I want to, I always ask uh, the existential question of who are you? Mm-hmm. And maybe you can tell us also how we know each other. Okay, so my name is Kirsten Pilz. I'm actually originally from Germany. I came to Australia a long, long time ago. Let's just say I was 25 years old. And I came uh, after having backpacked around Asia on my own. I don't know what possessed me. I bought a one-way ticket. All I knew is I didn't want to live in Germany because it was too cold and too miserable. It was during the years of the Cold War, so it wasn't really a happy place where I lived. It was a small provincial town. And I spent a year in Bali, believe it or not, in 1987. And I don't think there was one yoga uh, studio there. Uh, yes, and so then when I ran out of money, I thought let's make my way to Australia because I heard you could sort of work here without a visa because everybody did at the time. And I didn't expect to stay here. I thought I'd go on to South America, but I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, wow. And so and you, we met on a riding retreat. Yeah. Uh, so tell me a bit about how you got into, why are you running writing retreats and how did you get into that? So it's a long story. I'll make it very short. (laughs) (laughs) After, uh, waitressing my way into Australia, I, um, actually did my, um, degree here and I uh, ended it with going all the way to doing PhD and became a university lecturer. And I really enjoyed the teaching and I was a lecturer almost for 20 years. Um, and in the end I was even head of department, um, But teaching had become very much about um, writing grant applications and it wasn't, or rather at that level, it wasn't about teaching. So I had become a little bit fed up with uh, being an academic. Um, I had been yearning to become a travel writer. Um, So then I had a very difficult period in my life. Uh, I became married at uh, the young age of 43 and uh, (laughs) a few years into the marriage, my husband got ill with cancer and died. And I knew that I was not going back to that job, which I already no longer loved. So I needed a complete change. And so 
um, it took a long time to figure out what I was going to do with my life. I still had that idea of the travel writer in my head. And eventually I realized that what got me through that period of grief was the healing power of writing, as I call it. And so suddenly one day it made sense. That is what I go, I'm going to teach. And so I now have online courses where I guide others on these, I call them the most important journey in your life. And that is the internal journey. And I also hold retreats and I typically hold my retreats in Vietnam where I have been living as my stable base for four years. Uh, but this year is a special year and I got stuck in March when the borders uh, unexpectedly closed uh, back here in Australia. And so I'm holding my retreats now in far north Queensland in, in Australia at my own home. Yeah, which was uh, perfect for me because I was, I'm in Queensland too and not really allowed to travel except within Queensland. And so mm -hmm. I saw your, uh, through the lovely um, Amanda Kendall, who was on our podcast as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so she was on episode 29. Uh, so she's a travel writer and travel podcaster. Mm -hmm. And you posted in her group after I listened to an episode on riding retreats mm -hmm. thought oh that'd be nice one day I might want to do that and in my mind I pictured a tropical one mm -hmm. and then you posted in the group with this picture of this tropical paradise and riding retreat and I was um you know booking the next pretty much it took a little bit but mm -hmm. I mean I was ready to book that that day and yes. so you know and it's funny when you say stuck because I know mm -hmm. like a lot of people would see where you're living as as wonderful but <laughs> I guess it's a diff bit different when you're forced um, and it's not always by choice. Yes, and also my, my partner, of course, was back in Vietnam and I had only come here really for a week. I was going to do some maintenance. And the thing to understand about the wet tropics in far north Queensland, which really for people, even people coming from Brisbane, it feels like you have actually stepped into Bali or Sri Lanka because it is so different. In fact, we are an hour south of, uh, Papua New Guinea, and we are three hours north of Sydney. So we're really closer to PNG than we are to the rest of Australia, if, if you like. Um, and so during the wet season, it can become, it can feel very remote and it can become very difficult. We've had Category 5 cyclones hammer this place, Mission Beach, which is wonderful on a day like today. It is really like a postcard, but it can also be quite challenging. So I had, in fact, rented out my house on Airbnb for the last six years. I haven't lived here. And then suddenly I, yes, borders closed and I became stuck. <laughs> yeah, but the wow, you really turned it around with now offering the Tropical Riders Retreat there. And I uh, can absolutely vouch for it. So I came for five nights and um, yeah, the retreat was, I've never done a retreat. So, and it's cool. You did a post recently. We'll link to that explaining that your mother didn't know, like, you just like, what is a retreat? And like, can you give us like, what is the definition of a retreat? Yes. Yeah, so I should say my mother being German, of course, um, <laughs> like modern younger German uh, women would use the word retreat. Um, but to my mother, the word retreat means nothing. And if you translate it, it sort of makes you think one of the translations make you think of it comes actually from the Latin word, ritirare, which means to draw back, as in battle armies withdrawing from active combat. And in yeah. a way, that's what it is. It is us um, 
taking time out from those daily battles that we all have at work, at home, to really focus on what it is we want to do. And another translation I found was the sort of more going into a sanctuary or a place of refuge or safe haven, which in my mother's mind made a little bit more sense because it makes made her think of monasteries where, you know, mm. ethics retreats to work on their spiritual growth. And I was thinking, yes, that makes sense too, because in a way we're working on our inner growth, whether as writers or as meditation or yoga practitioners, it is about um, spending time with your passion. And in this case, it is writing. And, uh, and then the third uh, one was going into a hiding place. And that made me think of cubby holes and eight-year-olds. And that's the other thing we do as writers. We actually, as you know, we spent the first hour every morning during our workshops just unleashing the creativity with, you know, prompts that may not be related to the book or the project you're working on, but it's just really to allow yourself to be like a kid in a kindergarten, throwing words around like Play-Doh. Yes. And that was, I guess, a misconception of mine. I was like, yes, five days, I'm just going to write, write, write. And I have a project and I'm going to work on it. And that's kind of my approach to a lot of things, a very masculine approach. Um, But, you know, so I talked about, I wrote a blog about it. We did one, um, uh, one exercise where we had to take an object and it was the beginner's mind and mm-hmm. we looked at the object as if we've never seen it before. And I said to you, like, frankly, it reminded me of English class and, and I, you know, in high school and I also sort of thought, oh, why are we doing this? Like, oh, okay, what am I going to say? Mm-hmm. Looking at this thing, I don't know what I'm going to write, whatever. And I end up just, okay, fine, I'll just go with it, you know. And 10 minutes you write about this thing. Mm-hmm. And then I just wrote and they took me on a journey and ended up being this really reflective of my current state where I'm in, in my pregnancy journey. Mm-hmm. And when I read it back to the group at the end of the week, I cried, you know. <laughs> I was like, you know, so my my thing is to people, you know, if you're going on something like that, if you're going to submit or, or commit to something, submit to the process and yeah. um, embrace the experience. And, uh, you know, I do a lot of writing for work uh, as well as, you know, for my own projects. But to write with this uh, creativity and openness, it was something, it was really nice. It was mm. something I haven't done for a while. So I'm, mm. that, I took that away from the retreat and um, I'm still doing some writing practices now because so through your business write your journey you do that as well you have people don't necessarily have to come on a retreat Mm -hmm. to to write with you yeah that's right so um i have online courses and also i have a monthly uh, zoom live class which i offer to different time zones so i have uh, european and north american uh writers join me and well basically people from all over the world Yes, and so I was just curious what you said about the beginner's mind because I always say allow yourself to be surprised by where the pen might lead you. And I have led a writer's group in Hoi An for almost, it's over three years. It'll be uh, four years next year. And uh, some of the, in fact, almost everybody has finished a, um, a first draft in that time. And 
the, I did, the many of the chapters were born out of writing prompts like that one, which initially you think, why am I writing about this? But once you set the clock and do that free writing exercise, that is really so powerful, and especially if you do it as a group, then you have that synergy and it can be really uh, a deep experience as well as often I write a blog post, even without thinking about a particular topic and suddenly I say, that can be a blog post. Yeah. So <laughs> Yes, I got a lot of content out of it. <laughs> but, but, you know, the other thing that I think quite a few people um, in my network would have, though I know a lot of writers, I came back and a lot of the people I recommended it to are not writers because we had two lovely ladies who were not writers or will not therefore writing as work or writing as a project, although one of them had something she could work on, whereas three of us were working on a book. Mm -hmm. So everybody had different perspectives, but I think um, what you're talking about and what you said with the writing healed healed you and supported you and I mean I think people and we had it in the call the other day we were in I did join one of your zoom calls and one of the ladies opened with I am not a writer Mm -hmm. I just write in my journal and it's like you literally just said I write in my journal ergo you're a writer exactly and that is the the thing um my retreats I always say they're open to Anybody, writers of any level, and I find because you started this off by saying that you're a professional writer and you write content or copy, and I often find, for example, on my next retreat, I have somebody who is an educational writer, so she writes textbooks, and she says, but you get stale after a while, you know, or travel writers. I did actually end up doing a, a stint as a travel writer, and I was living, I was very lucky, in the Maldives. How many ways can you call the ocean, you know, emerald, whatever? How many ways are there to describe the same beautiful vista? So retreats are also a way to infuse you with a new passion and a newfound um, sort of opening up the drawers in your heart and mind and and just finding new uh, nuances to your own writing voice. And that's the exciting thing that can happen on a retreat. Yeah, as well as, look, you're in a beautiful place. You're with uh, some open-minded and lovely people. We did some yoga. We ate delicious food, uh, you know, and for me it was really um, why I went was a gift to myself and to have some time for myself, especially I I am currently pregnant and it was – I did. I really felt like I got back to myself and that retreat. I didn't think about that. I think because we do a lot of us younger people maybe associate it with, yeah, going and doing yoga and meditation, but it is, it was retreating away from the world and um, having that time, quiet time and focus on myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm very grateful. Thank you. (laughs) I I call some of my retreats, well, the ones in Vietnam where also I do a lot of mindfulness practice. I mean, as you know, we start every um, writing session, the, the workshop with a short meditation just to become present to yourself. And sometimes some of the retreats I've held, um, I've called them coming home to yourself. So really it is um, an opportunity to really be present to yourself and as a writer, it helps you to slow down so that you can actually write if you're working like these two ladies like uh, that you mentioned on your own personal story, because this kind of writing is also a way, and I find I often get a mixture of participants, some like yourself, 
who have a specific book project happening. And then we do things like nail your hook and get your outline written and, you know, what are the benefits to the reader? And then I have writers who are journalists, really, and who enjoy that intimate dialogue you develop with yourself through an ongoing writing practice. And sometimes they also get stuck because they're like, I'm not sure how to open the next door to my heart. And so my uh, job as a retreat facilitator or, or leader of my online courses is to hold the space so that they can safely open the next door and go a little bit deeper. And this is also true for fictional writers, for example, going to the fear, going to writing the challenging parts or mem people who are writing their memoirs, really allowing themselves to actually confront the real issues, you know, and that can be both healing and also the powerful part of the book. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, one of the ways, actually the other way I found out about you, it was a very weird uh, serendipitous thing mm -hmm. was um, in, I'm in a podcast group and I had asked for one of my clients, I was writing an article about grief podcasts to support people through grief. Mm -hmm. And Amanda uh, had shared a couple of links of two grief episodes that she had done. And I did, as soon as I saw your writing retreats, I recognized your name mm -hmm. because you were on one of those episodes, which I also ended up featuring in my article. So it's very like mm -hmm. circular around the world. And so I had heard a little bit of that story. And then recently you did a TED talk where yeah. you shared yeah. a lot more of that story. Mm -hmm. And I mean, up to you whether you want to give an abridged version or whatever, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, it was around, yeah, how uh, the travel helped you with grief, mm -hmm. uh, but also your writing helped you with grief. Mm -hmm. Yes. So first of all, I'd, I'd like to actually thank Amanda for um, helping us to connect um, spontaneously. She didn't do it on purpose, but it was wonderful to connect through her forum. I actually have met Amanda in the flesh when I first started um, putting my website together. And I think it was episode 13. So it's very early in her podcast. Yes. We've done episode 250 now or something like that. And um, I may have even suggested that topic to her. I can't remember. But basically what happened to me is uh, after my husband died, um, we had a Category 5 cyclone uh, destroy my village. So not only was I grieving, suddenly an entire community was grieving. My grief was complicated by the fact that I had found out that he, he had been unfaithful to me, which is what I also mentioned in my TED Talk. Um, and so I was a mess. Let's put it this way. <laughs> I was a sobbing mess. And really, nobody really wanted to be around me, not even myself. So actually what I did when we were able to leave Mission Beach, it took a while because the highway, the Bruce Highway was completely, you know, it was Category 5 cyclone, Cyclone Yasi, the largest cyclone in Australia's living memory that made landfall in Mission Beach three weeks after my husband's funeral. And um, so I just took a little carry-on and I went to Townsville Airport and they had a direct flight to um, Bali, which had a cheap airline that had just started. And um, I was like, right, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go somewhere. Yeah. And so then I actually, in my state of utter despair, where I couldn't really inflict myself on any friends anymore, um, I just went to do um, loads of um, actual retreats. Like I went to quite austere um, uh, ashrams in Sri Lanka and I did, you know, Vipassana meditation. And I sat with my 
thoughts and my journal. I snuck the journal and you're not meant to bring mm. any writing utensils. Um, but you know, I, I had to do it. So I, I did a lot of writing actually as part of my retreats or the sleepless nights. And yes, and, and I really, I, I keep saying as one of my mottos, I wrote myself, I wrote through my pain and I wrote myself whole again because I realized as a society, as a Western society, we are grief adverse. We don't like people who show their difficult emotions. We like those who armor up and look how courageously she went through the grief without, you know, being too much of a mess. And so I've actually come to realize that the really courageous are those who are vulnerable and allow themselves to be vulnerable. So, so that was my journey. And after that, um, I couldn't go back to my previous job. And that's when Write Your Journey was born. Yes. I love it. And I, the come home to yourself, that really like when even in the meditation that, you know, I'm sort of tuning out and then that when you say that, that always um, really strikes a chord with me. So I really love that. Mm-hmm. And so what role does travel play in your life now? And I guess what role has travel played in your life, you know, overall? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I I have always loved travel. I mean, my parents never really took us traveling we didn't have enough money to do that but it's, the minute I was out of home uh, and I moved out of home fairly um, young because uh, I needed my independence I the first trip I did I hitchhiked from Germany to Greece uh, well, if I ever had a daughter I probably wouldn't be very impressed if she did that but <laughs> former communist Yugoslavia and so on and I think what I discovered on that trip was um, that if you are in a foreign culture, especially where you don't speak the language, like obviously I didn't speak, spoke Greek, I, and I spoke in high school English, um, there's a freshness. It's that coming back to that beginner's mind where you can really allow yourself, or rather it's not allow yourself, you are forced to look at the world through fresh eyes because nothing actually makes sense because it's like, People think differently. They speak differently. You don't even understand what they're saying. And I loved that challenge or that feeling. I sort of, I guess, became addicted to that feeling. And uh, I'm quite a fearless traveler. I've been a solo traveler for a lot of my life. So I then, uh, when I finished high school, I went on to travel. As I said, I got a one-way ticket to Jakarta. I don't know what I was thinking as a 21-year-old blonde German girl. Uh, it was quite challenging because Jakarta also isn't exactly a nice place to go to. But, uh, you know, it was uh, that eye-opening. I want to be doing this forever, I thought. And so, yes, I have done a lot of travel. Um, I was lucky enough that my university position, I was, um, I spent a lot of time in Italy. I learned the language. So I became a lecturer uh, in Italian studies. I was head of Italian studies at my last position. And that allowed me to, to go traveling a lot with my students. And I was also lucky enough that one, one of my very last university um, assignments as an academic was a study abroad program that took place uh, aboard uh, a converted cruise ship that took us around the world to 12 different ports and the cruise ship became a, a campus. So we were students wow. from 35 <laughs> different nationalities. The idea was to create an intercultural learning community and then to go with that intercultural community into very challenging locations like India. They were all traumatized. <laughs> we had to. So I was teaching intercultural communication. And so then my dream had been to become a full-time travel writer. 
And I did. And first of all, uh, to become a travel writer, the stepping stone was, of course, I wasn't a native speaker of English. So I did, in the end, writing my PhD, which I published as a book, I, I was able to, you know, write that academic English quite well, but it's sort of a different type of writing. Yes. Um, then when I, by the time I was able to master travel writing, I loved it, but I actually didn't enjoy the travel writing um, job, if you like, because you had to constantly be in the moment, experience the diversity, the, the freshness of the moment, but also think, what's the hook for my next article? Oh, that toothless uh, vendor there at the Marrakesh, that could be a great opening hook. And I found that really tiring. And there was that sort of dissociation between the experience and already me being mentally in writing the article. And so I realized maybe that's not my ideal career after all. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Because, yeah, no, I know I, I do the same. I'm, And I, I take a lot of photos and things mm-hmm. people say, oh, you're taking a lot of photos. And I'm like, but I, this could be an article, like, mm-hmm. and it often turns into one. So well, I like it for my own memory too to yeah. document it. But I'm, you know, yes, I, I do have my eyes peeled mm-hmm. uh, for content yes. and – for angles and you know time if time permitted there would be a lot more but <laughs> yeah so then I didn't actually enjoy you know enjoy that so I my last trip took me to Iran last year and of course that was a real beginner's mind experience because everything you hear about Iran before you cross that border is like don't go it's going to be so dangerous and whatever uh and I was I felt so relieved that I actually had come just as a traveler I ended up writing about it but I had that I wasn't on an assignment, so I felt found it was a very relaxing experience. <laughs> yeah, though that's awesome. I love that what you say about the beginners, because I love going. The reason um, India is one of my favorite countries is because it's so foreign, yes. and it is everything you know about your life turn mm. it on its head. Yes. And even my um, Darius, the, my co-host and I, mm. we say like I love going to the supermarket in mm-hmm. other shop uh, countries because even the way they structure the supermarket or, or like in China, I was like, oh, dried mango. And he's like, oh, no, sweet potato. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like, I, I don't know. Wow. I, I said, I'm, I'm useless in this shop because I don't know what anything is. And mm-hmm. it was just fun doing something normal, normal in uh, an everyday, but mm-hmm. seeing it in a, a new way. Yes, exactly. I remember going in Shanghai when we stopped there with the ship and I, um, I had a little coffee machine, Italian mocha, in my cabin, so I needed some milk so I could have a coffee before we all had, because you always had the meals with the students, and that was quite draining. And I couldn't find milk because everything was in Chinese. So finally, after spending like what felt like an hour looking at every little box, I found one that had a cow on it, and I was like, ah, that must be milk. And those little experiences are wonderful. Mm. I love what you said about, uh, but also the language, you know, and, and sometimes there is a language barrier, but you have to become very creative mm-hmm. and you use sign language and you use facial expressions and, uh, you know, you m- might even do a mime of something mm-hmm. and for some somehow you manage to communicate and uh, get what you want or close to what you want or go where you're going and I think that's so fun and um, it's great that we have the internet and everything but sometimes that takes that could take away from it because you could just google it and find it yourself 
that's actually I, I almost um, I often think how lucky was I because when I was watching my students traveling and everybody you know went to the same destination and you went to Southeast Asia and everybody did the same thing and they all had their apps and they could Google you know everything I thought how lucky am I that I started traveling before we had smartphones before we had phones I mean uh, personal phones you know, we had uh, we had post stunts, so you'd wait for the next letter and you might wait three months and you'd get to the post office in Jakarta or Kuala Lumpur and maybe there's a letter from somebody there and uh, the phone calls would cost $5 a minute and so you'd very rarely make phone calls. It was a completely different experience and I'm grateful that I had that experience. I, I uh, Yes, I mean, I sometimes find the way we travel now, it's almost like, you know, too simple, too easy. I mean, obviously, this year, the, this year has put uh, <laughs> a difference. Yes, it's put the challenge back. Yeah. Okay, well, I've got two more questions for you. Mm-hmm. My first one is: uh, Can you say a little message to our co-host mm-hmm. in Deutsch? Oh. Uh, so it's a fun new game I'm playing. Whenever I have someone who can speak German, uh, that you leave a little coded message in there, so you can say whatever you want. And Darius, when he's editing it later, will hear what you say. <laughs> Okay, Darius, ja, schön äh, zu hören, dass es einen deutschen Co-Host gibt und ich freue mich darauf, deine Podcast zu hören, weil ich weiß gar nicht, ich wusste gar nicht, dass es überhaupt einen Co-Host auf Deutsch gibt. So, hallo aus Australien und ich wünsche dir, ich schicke dir ein bisschen Sonnenschein. Hallo Kerstin, hier ist der Darius. Ähm, ich habe mich sehr über deinen Sonnenschein äh, gefreut. Den können wir im Moment gut gebrauchen, ähm, denn es regnet mal wieder. Aber äh, damit will ich dich nicht belasten. Vielen Dank, dass du bei uns warst und ähm, freue mich, dich mal kennenzulernen. Ah, that's so cool. And later on I'll be like, what did she say? I got a few words. I got a few. Ich spreche ein bisschen Deutsch, but that's wonderful. And then I know this is a tough one for someone like you, but what would be your top travel tip? Travel light. I have discovered because I'm now you know, older, I'm 57, <laughs> and uh, uh, I do yoga, so I'm exaggerating. But um, I really, I used to, I mean, I, I used to always backpack, of course, and I used to stuff my backpack full. I, you know, maybe it's that German mindset. I remember when I started my first trip, my parents would say things like, what if you get an appendicitis? What if you get your wisdom teeth? So I had my wisdom teeth extracted just in case. Can you believe it? <laughs> so I used to have quite a heavy backpack. Um And then now I find it really hard to carry a heavy backpack. I really don't enjoy it. So now really just take the minimum you can because you can always buy stuff wherever you are and it's going to be fun to go to a shop in Iran to buy whatever you need. And uh, so now I just carry a carry-on and I love that. And I have actually changed to the trolley. I used to have the Farpoint, the Osprey, which all the digital nomads use. But uh, I've actually enjoyed more now to have just a tiny little um, carry-on trolley. Mm. That's an, a brilliant tip. I like it very much. Uh, <laughs> and, yes, and you got in there that you have fun in the shops too. So thank you so much for coming on. Dankeschön. And, um, yeah, it was just a joy to talk to you. And I absolutely will put all the links in the show notes, but I uh, highly, highly recommend a writing retreat. And once the world opens up, wherever she's hosting them, come and, come and join Write Your Journey. Thank you so much. And just to say, I look forward to going back to Vietnam and hosting them there. And then the next one will also be in Italy. So anybody who... Oh, yeah, because... Ciao, Bella. Language. <laughs> and I used to take my students there. So I thought, 
that is the next thing on the list. <laughs> well, sign me up. <laughs> okay, good. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, already looking forward to the next one. Uh, we also have a rather extensive back catalogue for you to check out. Um, but in the meantime, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. That's at Lovely Travels on Instagram. Or you can come and check us out on Facebook, Lovely Travels. That's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y. Or we would love for you to join our Facebook community uh, with more than 500 members talking all things travel and adventure. That's the Lovely Travels community. You can also visit our website, which is lovelytravels.com. Or shoot us an email. We love hearing from our listeners. So please send us an email, feedback, comments, questions, whatever. Info at lovelytravels.com. And you can listen, review, subscribe, like, share, and promote our podcast in any shape, way, or form. Uh, We are on Spotify, iTunes, the internet, uh, Google Podcasts, everywhere where you get podcasts, you will find us. All good podcasting locations. So tune in next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I was like, phones down, uh, ears up. Um, <laughs> I see, listen to I the podcast. Handy. I was like, why is he doing that mobile yeah. phones? Like, <laughs> dying handy is kaput. Fast. I might, I might, I might change that. Um, <laughs>